This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome to More Than Amused Podcast a podcast all about women and the arts, hosted by Stani and Sadie. Join us as we explore what it's like being a female artist, examine modern-day problems, and educate ourselves and you on important and forgotten female artists of the past. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to More Than Amused podcast. I'm Stani. And I am Sadie. And we are... So happy that you are here today and joining us for another episode. Yes, it's really exciting and it's kind of fun because we get to be really current today and talk about the, I almost said the Oscars, (laughs) the Grammys. Ah, the Grammys. (laughs) I know we're going to take a brief pause on our history, women's history, and Mm -hmm. talk a little bit about pop culture and also the Grammys that happened. Well, I guess by this point it was last weekend. Two Mm -hmm. weekends ago. Yes. Is when the 2021 Grammys happened. But still recently enough that, Mm -hmm. hey, this is a lot more current than most of our usual episodes. (laughs) Yeah. A little bit more current from the last week, 1600s Afro-Bane. (laughs) Plus, it's really exciting because the Grammys are such a huge part of the arts. Like, it's the biggest achievement you can get as a musician, I think. Right? Is there anything better than that? I think that's it. No, I feel like Grammys are like peak... As far as like recognition goes, you like know. institutional, institutional, recognition. yeah, that's the Which, what I was like, looking for. I mean, you don't obviously need institutional recognition in order to be a good musician or artist or even a great one, mm-hmm. but it sure helps, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's and that's definitely like a precursor I want to give of like it is an institution, and so therefore there are definitely institutional problems. That are yes. exi- that definitely exist in the Recording Academy. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna, I want to talk about some of those problems. Yeah. And problems of the past and problems that I feel like are still present with 2021. But you're mm-hmm. right. I mean, obviously, like Aaron Desner, who obviously worked with Taylor Swift for Album of the Year, he like put a big comment about how he was very honored, of course, to win this award, but that so many of his favorite musicians were never even nominated. So Mm -hmm. it doesn't, you know, it's not always that the best actually gets the award, but I think award shows are fun. I think it's fun, fun way to measure it. It's a fun way to look at it. And it's also just like interesting, you know, Yeah, it's just very Mm -hmm. telling. I feel of like where culture is and yeah, that's basically it. And one of the things that I find the most interesting about like award shows like this that are based in like artistic things is Mm -hmm. that it's. It's a lot harder to measure greatness. And so I think that's what makes them so controversial. Yeah. Is that like at the Olympics, like there is a clear winner, right? Yeah. Like whoever <laughs> runs the fastest wins the race. Wins. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And there's no like, you can't really measure art the same way. You can't yeah. be like, oh, well, this album had all of these precursors to being fantastic. So this is why it won. Yeah. It's more of an opinion. And that's kind of what makes it harder in a lot of cases, to be fair, to be, like, even, and I think that's where a lot of the institutional problems come from, Yeah, is that you can't measure it as correctly because it's such a biased thing. Yeah. Well, like, there's so much internal bias in the voters, and, like, that can never actually be replaced or fixed. Like, no matter what, Mm-mm. there's going to be internal bias. And then yep. also, like, especially with the four main categories, like, sure, there's a lot of genre-specific categories, but, like, with Album of the Year this year, there was a folk mm-hmm. album, an R&B album, a rap album, a pure pop album. Like, how do you measure which one's the best when they are also completely different? <laughs> yeah. And I think that that's, like, an important thing to realize is that, like, what you said, it's never going to be fixed. Like, there's yeah. no way to really go in and, like, solve all the problems. There's things that they can do to make it better, and mm-hmm. they definitely should. But at the end of the day, like, you can't have a perfect system for this because it's completely based on opinion. Which is a bummer because wouldn't it be nice if we could just measure art and be like, I know. You did the best. Therefore, gold star. Best musician yep. ever. 
<laughs> but that's also what I think makes art so fun is that there's something for everybody. And True. then just because someone else likes it doesn't mean that you have to. Yeah. And yeah, it just makes a lot more room for everyone I think to end up taking a place at some point which is nice yeah I like that that's a nice positive Mm -hmm. takeaway from just the sometimes crappy situations (laughs) that can result from these award shows (laughs) yeah I definitely yeah there's some crappy scenarios that come with a panel of judges choosing who's the best so (laughs) yeah well I do kind of want to give a very precursor to how the Grammys work for those Mm -hmm. who don't know Oh, please do. I might be wrong on this. So if anyone is listening and knows for certainty, let me know. But I Mm -hmm. I am like 90% sure that this is how the Grammys work. Done some research. I've listened to like the New York Times pop cast because I really just like listening to those kind of podcasts, you know, all about current Mm -hmm. music and music criticism. So and this is how they explained it. So I am conveying that information. And also like the Grammys are really my Super Bowl. I know not every musician really cares about the Grammys, but I just, I'm such a pop culture fan that like, yes, give me all the Grammys and all the moments (laughs) and I love it. So here's how the Grammys work. So basically there is a recording academy that votes. And from my understanding is they will like send in just people who nominate. Okay. Like people that they nominate for different categories for different things so basically as just like a free nomination they get the top 20 names okay like of everyone in the world so let's just say for specifically song of the year there are 20 picks that were just voted on from everyone who's in the academy who are like thousands i mean actually google it so according to billboard.com 12,000 of the academy's total 21,000 members are eligible to cast ballots so this is 12,000 people who are casting these ballots to get to their top 20 people, right? Mm -hmm. From there, there is apparently like a panel or like a room of people and their identities are secret. No one knows who they are. And Hmm. the reason for that, though, is actually so no one can reach out to them and try and persuade them. Okay. So exactly. When I first heard that, I was like, hmm, don't like that. But then it was like, well, if people knew who they were, mm-hmm. then there'd be more. Yeah, focus there's on more them. grounds of like, oh, like, are they getting checks? Are they getting presents? Are they, you know, which yeah. things like that I'm sure do happen as far as Grammy voting goes. But they, out of those top 20, will pick the top eight for the Song of the Year nomination. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they whittle it down to the top eight and then they release their Grammy nominations. From there, all of the Grammy voters then vote on who they oh, should okay. win. So there's like so two rounds of the same of people that nominated? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So it's like the, the panel will whittle it down to eight or five or however many, depending on the category um, and how many are allowed per that category. And then it goes back out and then the Grammy voters all vote again for okay. who they think they should, should win that award. And then the actual Grammy voters... Um, I'm pretty sure they all are allowed to vote for the main categories. And then after that, they're only allowed to vote in a certain amount of categories. That way they are keeping it to what they specialize in. So then that way there's not like okay. a classical composer voting for best rap song. You know what I mean? Yeah. That mm-hmm. way they're trying to, I'm sure, keep some integrity as far as the genres of music go. That makes sense. So that is how they decide the winner. From my understanding, like to become like an Academy member, like there's a lot of different just like rules. Like you have to have been involved in this many projects, this many albums, this many songs. And like, okay. so then that way it's like maintaining, like I couldn't go become a Grammy member because it's well, like, eventually maybe, I mean, yeah, eventually yeah. <laughs> that would be an amazing thing to be a voter in the Grammy world. But mm-hmm. that's, yeah, right now I abs- I couldn't just because yeah, I don't know what the exact rules are, but there are rules until No, that makes sense. Cuz especially like you'd want people that know enough about the music industry to be mm-hmm. able to kind of like decide who's the most acclaimed in the music industry if that makes yeah, sense <laughs> exactly yeah like you want the previous winners pretty much deciding the newest members yeah and winners mm-hmm. yeah and yeah it's actually pretty interesting 
to be honest. That's really cool. I want to dive a little bit into just how the Grammys came to be really quick, if that's cool. Oh, absolutely. So the Grammy Award, which they now call just the Grammy, was originally called the Gramophone Award. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which makes sense because it's it looks like a little gramophone. Yeah. Um, that used to be like the record players of mm-hmm. the day. So it was a huge icon for music and the music industry, even though nowadays I think most people wouldn't even know what it was. But it's one of the major American entertainment awards. So the top ones are the Emmys, the Oscars, the Tonys, and the Grammys. Mm-hmm. And it's also, like we should mention really quickly, it's really rare for people to get all four of those. And if they do, it's called an EGOT. Yeah. And it's like a huge deal. And there is a, a guy who has won it twice, the EGOT Award. Really? Yeah, Robert Lopez. No way. He's a double EGOT winner, which That's is amazing. insane. I know that John Legend recently reached EGOT status. Oh, wow. That's mm-hmm. a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Because there are only 16 actors, producers, directors, and composers that have gotten all four. It's amazing. Yeah. Out of how many years they've been doing this and there's yeah. only 16 people. It's absolutely insane. So that's kind of why they rose up. Um, the first Grammy Award ceremony was held on May 4th, 1959. Mm-hmm. So the most recent Grammys was the 63rd annual Grammy Awards ceremony. And they were looking for a way to celebrate people in the music industry because of other award shows like the Emmys, the Tonys, and the Oscars that I think came slightly before that helped them realize that they wanted that for it as well. And I know that some of the winners in that first Grammy Awards were like Ella Fitzgerald, Frank Sinatra, and the Kingston Trio. So... Mm, which is cool cool. kind of a funny thing they originally were gonna call it the eddies and like the eddie award after the inventor of the phonograph thomas edison but then they decided they were gonna do a grammy as a tribute to emil berliner's gramophone who was like a german inventor and invented like the iconic gramophone little symbol that they use as the award today i like grammy I prefer that over Eddie. I know. Grammy Can you imagine? sounds a little bit more elegant, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. And then um, the statues, the trophies, are actually handmade by a artwork studio in Colorado. Oh, no way. Mm-hmm. And they've been doing it for so long that in 1990, they revamped it and changed the metal. And they actually trademarked the metal that they made and called it Graminium after the Grammys and they have it trademarked. And then of course, as most people probably know, the ones that they give at the award um, ceremony are stunt trophies. They're reused every single year for the broadcast. If they break or get damaged, they're replaced by other stunt trophies. Yeah. But (laughs) the original, like the ones that they send the artists afterwards have their name and what they want on them. So it makes it more of a a thing rather than just yeah. an empty Grammy. <laughs> and then the big four that everyone always talks about, the awards are considered general field. They're not restricted by genre. So that's album of the year, record of the year, song of the year, and best new artist. Mm-hmm. And kind of a cool thing about best new artist is I didn't know this. Um, it is given to an artist who releases during the eligible year the first recording that establishes the public identity of the artist. So it doesn't have to be like their first release ever. Mm -hmm. It just has to be like the first one that makes them popular. And that makes sense because there's so often where it's like best new artist and it's like they're not a new artist, but it's like, yeah, yeah, if you've been following them for years, you might not think so. But Mm -hmm. as far as like public eye... Yes, which finally made sense to me because I never understood how they determined that one because I was like, wait, but like, how are they considered new if Mm -hmm. they've been writing music for years? Yeah. (laughs) And it's because of that. And um, there's only a few artists that have actually won all four of those. Yeah. Uh, Most notably, Billie Eilish last year got Mm -hmm. all of them, which is insane. And she was the youngest artist to do so at the age of 18, which is a big deal. Yeah. I think Amy Winehouse did. Ooh, did maybe. she win all four? I know it says Christopher Cross mm-hmm. um, 
has won all four. Um, Adele won Best New Artist in 2009 and then got the other three in 2012 and 2017. So she won it, but over time. Dang. And I just verified Amy Winehouse in 2008 won for record, song, new artist, and then pop vocal album. And and yeah. Wow. Actually, I don't think she won for album of the year. Oh, okay. So she didn't make it. But that year she did win five Grammys. So that's amazing. Yeah. Oh, actually, yeah. There's only three artists that have won those top four categories. Wow. Um, All top four. And that's Christopher Cross, Billie Eilish, and Adele. And Christopher Cross and Billie Eilish are the only two that won both of them all at, all at once, which is insane. So we saw history get made last year with Billie, with Billie, Eilish. Billie Eilish winning like literally every award. I know. She swept. Which is awesome. She definitely deserved it. Her album yeah, was... Yeah, especially after the year she had last year. Yeah. It was insane. But then another thing that a lot of people probably don't know is that the lesser known categories of the Grammys are still a televised ceremony. It's just called the premiere ceremony. And it happens earlier in the afternoon before the actual Grammy Awards. Yeah, most of awards aren't even televised in that no. normal. <laughs> and that one's for like, they do a, um, like a music educator awards. They give a Grammy to like a music teacher. They do like best classical composition, mm-hmm. best jazz solo, like things like that, that we don't really pay attention to in yeah. mass media, which is pretty sad, but like it's just understandable. Yeah, and then um, during the actual Grammy Award ceremony that's televised and popularized and everyone talks about, um, it's mainly focused on pop rock, country rap, Mm -hmm. and then the top four ones that we talked about, which makes sense because those are the major genres. Yeah. But yeah, that's why. (laughs) Something interesting about as far as like different genres being incorporated into the Grammys. So rock was first recognized as a genre by the Academy at the 1980 ceremony. And then rap didn't make it in until 1989, which I thought was interesting. And then the award for best music video was first handed out in 1982 because, you know, of course, mm -hmm. they had to wait for music. Yeah, they had to to wait for music videos to be a thing. (laughs) 2011, um, they changed it from 109 awards to 78. And then I also apparently there used to be like gender based categories. So kind of like typical, like how the Oscars, there's like actress Mm -hmm. versus actor. And I'm pretty sure in like con- in the country music awards, they still have like best woman singer and then male. But with the Grammys, they got rid of those gender um, gendered awards and yeah, just have it as just like one, which I-, I-, I like that. I think I like it, too. I think it works better in like actor actress kind of situations because you're like awarding the different roles that they played. But as far as, like, music yeah. goes, I just don't think it's as necessary to define it by gender. Yeah, but it's interesting, though, because it's, like, I think doing it by gender is almost, like, a can be a cop-out. Because then they have to recognize those women. But then when all of a sudden mm-hmm. they weren't there, and then they stopped recognizing women, it was like, okay... <laughs> there's a problem here you know what like, I mean oh you weren't paying enough attention yeah. so yeah I can see both sides where it's like a good thing because it increases the diversity of the winners but at the same time it's just kind of like wait but is that really necessary <laughs> and yeah I think for music and for the Grammys I don't think it's necessary so I'm kind of glad they did away totally. with it that's kind of all I wanted to talk about historically it's a cool thing that they have had around for a really long time so it's like a major staple of american music culture yeah it really is and like here's the thing there's like a lot of artists who will like protest the grammys and something in the podcast i was listening to from the new york times like music criticism column is they were talking about the fact that like you know there are a lot of artists who like make statements that oh the grammys aren't relevant but they do make a statement you know, like it's not mm-hmm. like they can they just ignore the Grammys and it's fine. Like the Grammys are still yeah. a big enough deal that all of the artists do make a statement if they are against the Academy. You know what I mean? Which I find interesting. That's such a good point because it's kind of like they're trying to create like a counterculture against the Grammys. Yeah. Against the Grammys. When in reality, if you're acknowledging it, then it's still a part of it. Exactly. <laughs> so, like the fact that yeah. there's still such heavy acknowledgement, even though there's people who are like, very much kind of against it now 
and pointing out the problems that do exist in the academy because there absolutely are problems but you know it's just it kind of shows that it is still a pretty big part of like people do still care even if they're trying so hardly not to this is kind of like a side tangent really quick yeah (laughs) but just the fact that i think right now um our culture is kind of following a lot of a parallel of like 60s culture where it's very like anti-establishment kind of Mm -hmm. attitude of everyone and as much as like it's fun to be like rebellious and hippie culture and counterculture and everything like that Mm -hmm. i think if everyone would just focus on fixing the institutions that are already there and aren't going away yeah like we would end up with a lot better results than everything that happened in the 60s like it was great and it did a lot of good but the end of the day it didn't change a lot of those big institutions that can survive it Mm -hmm. you know so it's just kind of funny to me when these huge institutions get so much criticism when it's like okay that's good and that's fine but you can't just say like well they don't matter to me because they do like obviously they matter to you like you're making a statement about it so instead of just being pissed that they won't acknowledge you like maybe there should be something that people focus on instead of like i don't know yeah no i get it i mean sometimes though i do feel like it is effective though Mm -hmm. and it has been effective recently just like people calling out but you're right I think I don't know just it's tricky that you have to be so damn tactful about it (laughs) (laughs) right no most recently I think of like Zayn Malik and how he was just like I'm not gonna send you what did he say like I'm not gonna send you gift baskets and trying to find his actual tweet that he said basically he was pissed he didn't get nominated and kind of like said some stuff about it and then was just like F the Grammys. And I don't know. A lot of people criticized it saying like it just sounded like a a kid throwing a tantrum. But you know? in contrast to that, though, there's The Weeknd, which mm-hmm. The Weeknd didn't get any nominations. I thought he was going to swipe this year. Like I thought he was going to take home album of the year, record of the year, song of the year. Like I truly thought that's what would happen before nominations came out. And then mm-hmm. he didn't get nominated for anything. So there's kind of like yeah. the contrast with like when Zayn does it, it's like, okay, but like, was your music really that impactful this year? You know, that's like, mm. but then when The Weeknd did it, it's like, man, like, yeah, that is, it's insane. He did not get nominated. And I know that he said, okay, from now on, I'm boycotting the Grammys, which like to his credit, if he's not getting the credit, he feels like he deserves from an establishment. He like, it's like that balance of like you shouldn't have to play their games if you're not getting the respect that you feel like you deserve and like stick up for yourself in that way, you know, mm-hmm. especially like, you know, there's a lot of people who are, you know, bringing up racial like reasons for that, which is like, yeah, if there's an institution that is not recognizing you for things like that, you you know, they don't deserve your respect. And it's kind of up to once he's left now, it's kind of up to everyone who is a part of it to be like what did we do here? What did we do wrong? You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that makes sense. It's hard, though, because then it's like, well, if he leaves, then he can't win awards in the future. So it doesn't really solve the problem. But yeah, it's hard. And I I mean, he's won three in the past. Yeah, kind of goes back to what we talked about. It's opinion based. Yeah. It's like, did they just not like this one? And like, (laughs) yeah, I don't know. People for some reason just really not like blinding lights even though like it was absolutely the song of 2020 like yeah that like song he performed was at the super bowl yeah which was like i think it just shows like the fact that you can perform at the super bowl in the same year that you did not get nominated for any grammys as like a music artist is like a very interesting dynamic like it's so yeah. crazy that both of those things can happen at the same time no definitely i agree and i think there's always things like that like because it's so subjective there's snubs every year oh, there's always snubs yeah and then there's surprises like billy eilish herself was like shocked that she got record of the year i don't yeah <laughs> yeah she wasn't expecting it you could tell in her acceptance speech that she was just like what <laughs> i know yeah well let's maybe let's talk about the the winners then for this year let's this do is it. a good yeah. transition so yeah record of the year went to everything i wanted by billy eilish which mm-hmm. was i was shocked i mean i love that song i think it's a great yeah. song i don't think anyone is like oh that's a terrible song it was a great song it, it did a very good last year but like what <laughs> yeah it wasn't what i would have expected for record of the year like i was even kind of a little 
floored. <laughs> yeah. I was expecting Megan the Stallion, to be honest. Yeah. Because Savage just went. It was everywhere. Yeah, it was everywhere. So if we were really going to define 2020 by a song, mm-hmm. I probably would have chosen Savage. Yeah. Which is interesting, though, because it kind of goes back to voting. So basically to win the award, you only need about 15% of the vote because there are eight nominees, right? And so think about like if the people who were voting for Megan Thee Stallion, Megan Thee Stallion, like maybe their vote was split with another artist, right? Like the people who would maybe normally vote for her song or like be attracted to her. Okay. But then the people who did vote for Billie Eilish, maybe for some reason that vote wasn't split. So yeah. it was probably just a very slim margin that Billy actually won. So mm-hmm. like thinking about it in that way, like it's like, okay, that's how these weird things can happen. But yeah. it's still so weird. And like, and that's it where it comes weird. to the flaw where it's like, is everything I wanted by Billy Eilish really the record of the year for 2020? Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone really thinks that, but <laughs> yeah, but she won and it's a great song, but it is, it definitely is. And I mean, I'm not upset that it won. Like, I think it was a great song, but it's just not what I would have expected. (laughs) No. And I thought it was actually really sweet when Billy got up and she was like, I was going to write a speech about how Megan deserved this award, but I didn't because I said, there's no way there's going to give it to me. And one quote is she said, you deserve the world. I think about you constantly. I root for you always. Can we just cheer for Megan the Stallion, please? Which I thought was nice. And I think that's like a good self-awareness as an artist to be Mm -hmm. like, I'm proud of my award. Like, thank you. But also, no, (laughs) you know, like to realize that like maybe your song shouldn't have gotten it, Mm -hmm. which I thought was interesting. No, I definitely think it showed like Billie Eilish's strength of character in a lot of ways that she Mm -hmm. was like no like thank you but like no like we (laughs) we all know who the record of the year was was. and yeah but just like she was still very grateful for her award and I think she wasn't like mean about it she didn't get up there and go I'm gonna let you finish but (laughs) I'm just kidding (laughs) but really (laughs) she didn't pull a Kanye and go like but Megan the stallion really deserved this um she just like got up there and was like thank you so much but like let's all cheer for her like this is who deserved it yeah well that's what happened in 2018 i think or 2019 when adele won for 25 she Mm. went up there and was like beyonce should have gotten this award for lemonade like her whole speech was dedicated to her love of beyonce Mm -hmm. and like yeah i mean obviously adele's album 25 was great i think it broke records that year but like lemonade was like very much more like a very better cultural representation of that Mm -hmm. year and like its impact so like yeah and that's kind of where it's hard it's like what are people voting off of because if it was based Mm -hmm. off of what was culturally relevant then that's different than maybe if they're basing it off of like music quality and or know, even just like stats, you know, because it's like yeah. a song can go number one, but did the song that stayed number four for the entire year, like, yeah. have a more cultural thing? Granted, I'm pretty sure Megan Thee Stallion did go number one, and I'm sh- Lemonade by Beyonce did as well. But yeah, just no, it just it makes it harder, and I think that that's kind of the criticism mm-hmm. that a lot of people have is they're just like, oh okay, but we don't really know what you're picking this off of. So that's kind of difficult. Also, funny little tidbit is that I heard a bunch of rumors that everyone thought that Billie Eilish was wearing a wig because that she had already dyed her hair. And a bunch of people were like, I think she already colored her hair, but I think she wore a wig to the Grammy so that she didn't have to announce her new hair color until she wanted to. Because today she posted an Instagram of her with bleach blonde hair. she's blonde, yeah. But a lot of people were just really like, oh, she wore a hat and a headpiece the entire night so that you couldn't see her hairline. Like, something just feels fishy. Yeah, so I actually, I kind of buy into it. And I think that she already had her hair dyed. She probably didn't want her hair to be the talk point of her Grammy night, which is yeah fair. <laughs> I know. And such another like cool move on her part to be like, I don't want everyone to talk about my hair, so I'm going to keep it the same color and then switch it after. But also just an interesting thing about just the way women are perceived in the media because she knew, hey, if I change my hair bleach blonde, they're going to talk more about my hair than they are going to talk about my potential wins, yep. which sucks. So it was kind of a cool move on her part. And then also I was looking her post of her dyeing her hair. Oh, I is didn't literally see that. 
it's breaking records. It's kind of ridiculous. Oh, I think I did see that, that it's like her post is the fastest post to ever hit a million likes. Yeah, I think so. Oh, yeah. Latest post on Instagram has surpassed 1 million likes in just six minutes. It's now the fastest picture in history to achieve this on the platform. That's amazing. Yeah. And I mean, she looks amazing. I'm all for it. But I just think it's such a power move of her. Yeah. Like, she was wearing a hat in every thing and like a headpiece and every mention so it just kind of makes you wonder like she probably already had her hair dyed anyway we can move on to the next one now <laughs> yeah well I think since we talked just about Megan Thee Stallion she did win for best new artist mm-hmm. and yes and she also won best rap song so yes for her song with Beyonce which yeah I'm gonna talk about the significance of what happened with Beyonce on that was Sunday insane. but Megan Thee Stallion when she won for best new artist like it was it was a very sweet like endearing you could just sense her gratitude you know mm-hmm. and it, it was really it was really great and I, I feel very happy for yeah, her she was so sweet and it was such a good moment it was a that very was good really moment. great I liked the fact that she got best new artist it was definitely deserved oh yeah something that I've like I heard someone say is like you know like the song like body yaddy yaddy it's like the kind of thing that it like when you hear that it's like how is this not already a thing you know, yeah. like how did someone else not think of that before? But but she did it first. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's like, of course, that's like something you should put in a song. Yeah. But sh- no one had thought of it before her. So those are the moments of like pure genius. I think if you can yeah. do something that everyone's like, that is so obvious. Like, how did we not? How come did up no with one that? do that? Then yeah. it's like the best possible thing that you could do. Like it, that shows like the true artistry that goes behind so a lot of those things. Yeah. Yeah. So honestly yeah shout out to her and then when she won for the best rap song that moment made beyonce tie with the most grammy awards by a solo performer mm-hmm. and she is now the most grammy one woman so yeah that's amazing um and her speech megan's speech was very nice it was pretty much just like a love letter to beyonce of her just t- talking about how her dream collaborator was always Beyonce and how when she was younger, she always wanted to be a grow up to be a Beyonce who raps. And mm-hmm. it's cool that it's like that happened and she won a Grammy with her. Yeah. I think that's like so amazing. Her quote was so funny. Oh, it was what would Beyonce do but make it a little ratchet. I yeah. loved that. <laughs> and I think it perfectly fits her. And just how cool is it that her dream collaboration, like, she won a Grammy for? Like, yeah, come on. Like, that's and, just awesome. And then later that night, Beyonce won for the best R&B song. Mm-hmm. And for that Black made Parade. her the most won Grammys by a performing solo artist. The mm-hmm. The person with the most Grammys is a conductor. Oh, wow. Okay. Interesting. So he And he has 31, and now Beyonce has 28, I believe. So she'll Man. she'll pass him. Yeah, she'll pass him. She She's has still... so much more of her career to go. Like she'll get three more. I'm sure. How? <laughs> Not that I want to like make a habit of discussing women's age, but how old is Beyonce? <laughs> I think she's almost in her 40s. I think she's in her late. Oh, 30s. okay. Yeah, she's 39. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's got a long career she's got ahead so of her. Much time so to win she's three good. more grammys yeah so i'm <laughs> like awesome. yes beyonce is going to become the person with the most grammys and that just feels right yeah that was a defining moment for this year especially mm-hmm. and i think it's very well deser- deserved especially because she's been like a part of major pop culture for like over a decade now yeah so oh, definitely yeah. well deserving and yeah if anyone deserved to get up to that level it was beyonce yeah <laughs> We're going to take a quick break just to spotlight one of our new favorite women artists. I found another person on TikTok, which is going to be pretty much <laughs> the new standard. Cause we love TikTok. <laughs> yeah, and my TikTok algorithm now knows I like art, so it keeps bringing up more cool people. There we go. Yeah, and I'm like, ooh, this is the perfect way. Because sometimes it's hard to find people on Instagram, mm-hmm. um, so it's just really fun. Anyway, so this is kind of different, but... I've been obsessed. I've been watching all of her videos. Um, her username on Instagram is Viv. I'm going to say it wrong. Viv Zoo. So it's V-I-V-X-U-E. I'd assume that would be Zoo. I don't know. But yeah, her so. name is Vivian Zoo Rehi, I think. Rehi. And she does nail art. 
and it's insane the stuff that she's doing she paints Mm. like portraits on people's nails so she's done like a ton of celebrities and tv show characters but she's literally painting their face on these nails and then she does a bunch of other scenery and stuff and she does these sets um and basically they're reusable nails because they stick on and off I think or something I don't know Mm -hmm. I don't know anything about nails but they're so cool and she like talks through her process on her TikTok and shows a lot of the stuff she's done a lot of Disney sets and stuff like that but it takes her like 10 hours for some of these to like finish this set of nails 10 hours because they're insanely detailed they're it's so crazy um like, if you think what I'm talking about, like, magnify that by 100. If you're like, oh, she paints people on nails. It's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> she paints works of art. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, they're absolutely phenomenal. So go look at them because you will be obsessed and then you will watch even longer. And she does a lot of cool stuff, too. She'll do, like, glow in the dark on some of them if it fits with what she's doing for her, like, theme or whatever. And... Like, all sorts of stuff. It's just insane, the detailing that goes into this, especially since it's such a tiny little canvas, essentially. Like, Mm -hmm. these tiny little nails. And then she's painting, like, these full-on scenes and portraits and everything on these nails. It just blows my mind. Wow. I am. Yeah, that's amazing. I'm always astounded by nail artists because I can't even imagine painting something so detailed, so tiny. I can barely like paint my right hand with my left hand I know I I, like I can barely do my right hand with my left hand like I struggle so much (laughs) yeah and then it like kind of made me sad at first because I was like man she sends these nails to people and then it's like one use and then they're gone and then I found out they're reusable which I'm like okay so that makes it like a little bit more justified because they can't even imagine spending 10 hours on a set of nails and then someone has to get rid of them like a couple of weeks but yeah I just think it's so talented and like just this insane attention to detail and she like really pays attention to how the whole set looks together which is that's amazing a cool move so yeah Yeah. i've been obsessed i've been watching literally every video she posts i find it so fascinating so check her out and on tiktok it's the same username i think so yeah well so for my artist spotlight today um her she has an instagram and also a TikTok. I think she's bigger on mm-hmm. TikTok and that's kind of where she got her notoriety back in, you know, COVID quarantine. She started it. doing it for fun. Anyway, so her tag on both is your voice teacher. Her name is Hannah and her whole thing is reclaim your voice and it's your voice teacher and your new best friend. And basically she posts a lot of great content of just like reaction videos to people singing but also does a lot of like master classes with people who are wanting to get better at singing she's very talented and she seems like so lovely too like I can see how she went up in following so quickly um and yeah I mean especially right now I'm particularly kind of in a journey of like figuring out my voice and vocal health and things like that and so it's been really fun to follow her um she does like has a youtube channel that she posts pretty consistently so yeah again check her out it's your voice teacher you're interested in like becoming a better singer or just learning more about how singing works and also she just like i said she's a great very uplifting person to follow so yeah check her out i know right yeah like she looks like a disney princess she really does so yeah Check her out. Learn all about singing. So send us your favorite Instagram slash TikTok artists and we, and we will, will shout them, them out. Yeah, love it. It's been so fun to find more art to follow and see and absorb into my life. I've been enjoying it. All right, now back to the show. And then the song of the year went to her and that was a song called I Can't Breathe, which you know, was about the Black Lives Matter movement, about all the things that were happening summer of 2020. So like it feels very appropriate that it would win Song of the Year. Yeah, no, I'm glad that it did. Um, Just I think it helps define what this past year was all about. And yeah, which is like interesting, yeah. kind of like how we talked about it with it's weird that that didn't translate for record of the year. 
mm-hmm. because like Billie Eilish won that and you know not whoever did actually make the cultural impact within that s- group of songs so interesting yeah but distinction for people who don't know um song of the year is about the songwriting and that goes to the songwriters record of the year is the performance of the song so that will go to the artists the producers less about the songwriting so in that context it kind of makes sense that content would maybe be a little bit more important to the people who are considering for song of the year and then album of the year was folklore by taylor swift which to me that made sense yeah it was very fitting i know probably some people are like taylor swift like another one (laughs) but i don't know it i mean her record her albums always make record-breaking sales the songwriting and collaborations and everything were just impeccable obviously you know both of us are huge taylor swift fans so yeah this is completely unbiased (laughs) we're giving right now (laughs) but to me like that made perfect sense i don't think any other album made as big of a cultural impact as folklore did yeah um so i thought it was fitting and i think especially because it's like the whole thing with that album is it was created in solitude it was created in quarantine it was created through facetime and sending tracks so it makes sense that that album that was that could only have been created that way because of the year we were in one for album of the year like yes. i feel like that's very mm-hmm. nice and know? i also i really love that she won album of the year as opposed to like because i think she was up for song of the year right i think she was up for best pop performance best pop vocal album best pop duo for exile which yes. it's like it's not pop but like whatever whatever um, <laughs> i mean i guess it's pop depending on your definitions of pop whatever anyways yeah she was up for a total of six awards last night she only walked away with one but it was one of the biggest of the night so i don't yes. feel like she's very upset about that <laughs> no probably not and the part that i loved about it is i feel like folklore is one that you sit down and kind of listen to as an album mm-hmm. like, um, it is there's the not best album Yes, like there's not a lot of like songs that I pull out from folklore and listen to individually. Like if I'm going to listen to folklore, I'm going to listen to the whole thing. <laughs> so I thought it was yeah. very fitting mm-hmm. to win like album of the year um, for folklore because I don't think any of the songs necessarily stood out opposed to like the ones that were up, it was up against. Yeah. But the album as a whole, I feel like was a lot of people's soundtrack for totally. those last few months. So I thought it was I very agree. fitting. And also, she broke a record. She was the she is the very first woman to receive that award three times, which yeah. is amazing. And she's joined with I think just Frank Sinatra and Stevie Wonder. They are the only artists who have won Album of the Year three times. That's so, awesome. And she'll probably amazing. win it again. To be perfectly honest, <laughs> I like, know she's still got just like Beyonce. She's got a long, long yeah. career still ahead of her. And like, if there's anything Taylor Swift is phenomenal at, it's her albums. Like, they're yeah. just she makes albums. Yeah, she's really good at creating like the overall experience of an album. Something that's interesting, just in my years of watching the Grammys, is Album of the Year used to be like the biggest award of the night, but it's now transitioned to Record of the Year, which I find interesting. And I feel like they didn't really make a big deal over the fact that she set a record there you know yeah which mm-hmm. i thought was just interesting i don't know i'm not like saying like there's a vendetta out for taylor swift or anything like that but i did think it was interesting that that wasn't more acknowledged and just mm-hmm. like the switch from album of the year to being the biggest deal to record i just think it shows that like culturally and in the music business there's kind of like an awareness that right now songs are maybe more important than albums are as far yeah. as like what people normally push and pay attention to which is an interesting switch because it definitely yeah. used to be very different. And mm-hmm. I think creating an album that's award winning is probably a lot harder in a lot of aspects. But then creating a single song that has the impact that has it that exactly. a lot of these have is also like a very big challenge. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just kind of interesting to see the cultural switch. Switch. I think a lot of it is because of streaming and yeah. because people aren't buying cds and it's not really about albums anymore it's really just about songs and just mm-hmm. getting a lot of streams on one song so that's probably one of the main reasons for it but yeah just an interesting observation as yeah. far as like how things are changing culturally is like how we're consuming music and how that's being portrayed in the award shows that we're watching yeah and it is kind of a bummer they didn't recognize her record mm-hmm. um 
I think it just would have been another fun addition, right? To be and like, to, like and another, about, yeah. yeah. I mean, all the articles about the award shows after have definitely included that and hyped that yes. up. And honestly, like, it was an amazing night for women. Like, oh yeah, all four major won, categories. Yeah, all four major categories. Which, like, <laughs> a couple years ago, that was not happening. No, that was like unheard of. Yeah. So it it was a win for women last mm-hmm. night. It was. They did a really good job um with keeping it more equal which and, was and the truth is is i just think it's finally like women are being recognized when they actually are making the best music of the year mm-hmm. you know yeah well if we look back on the year the biggest songs albums records everything else were women by women yeah. yeah and there were some that definitely deserved it who were by men like um oh, i think best pop solo watermelon sugar by Harry harry styles that of was course just, yeah i i love that he won that yeah, that was a really big song. <laughs> so it's good that he won that because I think it's very fitting. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was just kind of, um, it was nice to see that change, especially since in the past, the Grammys have been called out a lot um, well, for their sexism. Yeah, so I actually kind of wanted to talk about that. So I think what, from my perspective as being a new Grammy watcher, obviously there's people who've probably been watching the Grammys for decades who who could you know comment maybe a little bit more accurately but the grammy awards in 2018 i feel like were a pretty big shift for women being represented and here is what happened so the 2018 grammys for album of the year there was only one woman nominee and that was lord for melodrama which in my opinion is one of the best albums of all time it's fine. yeah it's probably in like my top three favorite albums ever it's amazing yes (laughs) so it was very deserving to be there it was great lord that year was the only album of the year award nominee who was not asked to perform apparently she was asked to perform in like a like as a duet partner with someone else of like a cover song and she ended up declining that and so people brought that up they're like yeah and, and people were like, oh, sorry, go on. I was just going to say it was a Tom Petty tribute performance of American Girl. And oh, she's yeah. from New Zealand. Like, she's Can not an American girl. Like, are you kidding? That's a stupid song to have her try and do. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and that's what. So when asked why, they were like, oh, there's like just no way we can really put everyone in the show. But in that show, they gave you 2 and Sting multiple performances in that show who like they weren't even nominated that year they're just like old acts which like shouldn't the awards that year be about who were you know nominated yeah. that year mm-hmm. you'd so think you would think so then someone brought that up to the academy president whose n- name is neil port now i believe mm-hmm. and apparently he just kind of shrugged it off and it was like oh well then the women women need to step up and make better music which like obviously caused all kinds of chaos. I don't want to say chaos because there's like a negative yeah. connotation to that, but like deserving chaos for like yes. that thing. And he, of course, you know, later apologized. I mean, I don't understand why he assumed that that could go badly, right? Like, yeah, women just need to be making better music. Oh my gosh. It's okay, fine. then. And then another thing that happened to the 28 Grammys is so like, so you know the song Praying by Kesha? Yeah. Which is a very, very powerful song. And the whole night they were like talking about like, oh, an amazing performance by Kesha. And without like really exclusively talking about why that performance was a big deal. And then, of course, not actually giving any other women a platform. And so there's a quote from this article I read that said, so, yes, Kesha's performance was indeed one that, quote unquote, speaks to our times. But the sad truth is that praying will always speak to our times unless the music industry shows any signs of wanting to make real change beyond trying to buy moral bonus points with supportive hashtags, which I really I was like, yeah, good (laughs) for them. (laughs) Like, you know, trying to show solidarity with women because they let Kesha perform that song when it's like, yeah, but if you're not even recognizing women for the work, that just kind of looks like a virtue signal to me. Yeah. And that's kind of, it did seem very performative. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of the stuff I've seen about it. I didn't watch the actual 2018 Grammys, but from everything I've heard that came from it, it, it was very performative feminism. Yes. And so, but because of that, and because of all the backlash they got, 
they ended up bumping up the so before there's only five slots for the four main categories they ended up bumping that up to eight which i like more i feel like it's good that more people get to be nominated especially when it's so spread among all the genres you know like Mm -hmm. i think that's okay um and then the 2019 grammys there was a very obvious like women it's all about women they did like a dolly parton tribute which i obviously was obsessed with as i love dolly parton but like you know i think they tried to do something different and then that Mm -hmm. year dua lipa won for best new artist and she got up there and made a speech about hey and pretty much said like hey ladies it looks like we stepped up and it was like (laughs) yeah (laughs) go to alipa which at the time everyone was like oh no is she gonna get blacklisted from the academy now for saying that but she didn't obviously so good for her yeah no i think the nominations it's nice because i think it's kind of um like a little reward of its own to even be nominated oh yeah exactly and so to allow that opportunity for more people I think that's why not yeah I think that's great yeah to be like hey like you could have won this like you were really close to winning this like like you were in the top eight contenders yeah like that's an important thing and it opens it up for more people and I think it allows more diversity because Mm -hmm. someone could end up at the end of the nomination list but then end up winning the award so yeah true yeah so I like that and there's an example of you know like kind of talked about like that balance of like standing up to an institution but still recognizing that like sometimes the institution is still going to stay intact even if you were to leave it in protest i think that was a way that at least in the last recent years they were able to recognize it i think as far as like intersectionality they still have a long ways to go yes like something people brought up is like okay you know taylor swift has won and i'm saying this obviously not to bring down taylor swift's accomplishment but it's like Taylor Swift has won album of the year three times when a black woman has only won album of the year three times. So it's like this interesting thing where it's like, okay, now maybe women are being recognized, but, or like Beyonce, for example, she has the most Grammy wins, but none of them are actually in the top four categories. Oh, wow. So it's like, she's allowed to exist in the spaces of R and B and in the places where, you know, people think she fits. But as far as like, being the, top the, four. the representation of years you know yeah like there's still there's still a ways to go and ways to consider you know I feel like you know I from my perspective I do feel like it was I love everyone who won those four main categories obviously record of the year should have gone to Megan mm-hmm. and you know but that's kind of maybe a way to bring that up is it's like the fact that like the winners like Adele and Billie Eilish are like no no no, no. like this should have gone to this woman who you know both and they're Beyonce black and Megan women are black women they're like no 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 yeah. just kind of maybe shows that like there could be still some bias that's going on in the eyes of the grammy voters definitely that hopefully goes away soon. yeah and i think something that i really appreciated was the statement that they made um i don't know his name but <laughs> they entered a statement from the academy talking about how they want to continue to increase like their racial sensitivity and diversity. And um, I do think that the Grammys are doing a lot better at taking criticism and moving forward with it and like actually making changes than a lot of other institutions. Like so as I far do, as like award shows go? Yes. I yeah. think that they're probably doing a better job. Um, but yeah, there's definitely a lot of work still totally. to be done. And I mean, you know, obviously I'm speaking to these issues of like race and like intersectionality as a white woman As some white women yes so, <laughs> i recognize that my opinions of me being like well i thought it was great everyone who won like you know i take my opinion with that grain of salt and you know reach out to the people who would be affected yeah. by this and who would have more genuine opinions of how who would be more affected by it but from Definitely. my perspective I thought it was win, but also, of course, things can always be better as far as recognizing and giving credit to maybe who really defined the years of music. Yes. Um, some of the things that I really enjoyed that the Grammys did, just mm. like strictly award show speaking. Oh, yeah, of course. Let's talk about it. I love that they actually hosted an in-person award show despite COVID. I feel like they were able to do it in a way that worked. 
Yes, they did it outside. Everyone was socially distant. They only Masked. had like what, two or three people at a table? Yeah, and I'm pretty sure it was like only the people who were nominated. Like they weren't allowed extra mm-hmm. guests. It was like if you were nominated, maybe they all got a plus one if it wasn't like a group, you know? But I don't even know if they did because everyone who was sitting at the table with them had some aspect of the true. album. So right? it's probably like didn't, just their team. Yeah, because Jay-Z went up with Beyonce for Black Parade. Did he collaborate on it? Probably. Okay, then yeah. I think it was just their team. I don't think anyone had a plus one. And like the performances were all very spread out. I'm sure they were doing so much COVID testing. Which was awesome. Yeah, I feel like they were able to do it in a way that still like maintained safeness. And also Mm -hmm. like they still put on a pretty enjoyable show. Like I honestly enjoyed the Grammys more this time than so many years in the past because i didn't feel like they were just putting in all this weird these weird filler performances that felt so out of nowhere yeah because they weren't so focused on like honoring people in the audience i feel like that's what it was they weren't like playing to this audience of people they were just like okay let's celebrate the nominees because those are the only people that can come that's yeah like not like all these people could come which apparently viewership was down which like i said oh yeah it was the most i enjoyed watching the grammys in a long time Mm -hmm. so yeah, it was record-breaking lows. <laughs> I guess we should have started with that. But yeah, it's record-breaking lows for um, people watching. Who knows? The maybe the institution is going down, and <laughs> maybe we'll be eating our words in about five years. Yeah. Hey, that's fine. I'm fine with doing that. <laughs> yeah. That's but true. no, I think a lot of it's probably just because award shows um, at last year that dealt with COVID were all pretty bad. But I thought they set a really good example of how you could do it and still. maintain distancing and and honestly the masks were kind of fun the fact that everyone had like designer masks like taylor swift's mask that perfectly matched her dress like i kind (laughs) of loved the look (laughs) i did too i thought it was kind of fun it was like this alternate accessory that these like top fashion designers were creating Uh covid masks like i kind of loved it No, I, I I agree. <laughs> yeah, it just kind of added to everything. I thought it was really fun. And I thought um, the little mini documentaries they did on Ooh, I love those all of too. the nominees, I thought they were super well done. And it was fun to hear a little bit more about um, a lot of the nominees. Especially because I feel like there were, there were honestly a lot of nominees and like artists that weren't, you know, top of the chart. So it was like cool to like, watch the videos and be like oh like this artist is amazing like who are these people and to like hear more about what they wrote and what they did and everything Mm -hmm. like it was awesome and then I also really really loved the spotlights on like local businesses and business owners I like that too yeah it was nice it kind of like brought in the culture of the area more than I think any other Grammy it yeah and it made it more feel like a hey we're all a music community rather than like hey, we're the, we're the famous ones, you know? Yes. Yeah, like, they were pulling in these people, and they're like, hey, like, yeah, we've all been struggling during COVID. Like, of course, it's not easy to be in the entertainment industry right mm-hmm. now. And, like, the fact that venues play such a big role in the success of music mm-hmm. in the music industry, I thought it was really nice to bring in a lot of those people that have been having a really hard time but like play a very big role in the culture of the music community I thought it was awesome I really enjoyed the way that they did it yeah I did too I really liked it too so that's the thing like I'm like I actually thought it was a pretty fun show I enjoyed Mm -hmm. it like performances I loved Dua Lipa's thought that one was a great performance um I really loved Taylor Swift's set I thought it was was awesome it was cozy it was very pretty it was very folklore Oh, there was one. Okay, you know who's someone I want to talk about? She's the woman. I think she was nominated for Best Country Song. And that's Mickey Guyton, who performed Black Like Me, which is a country song. Oh, my gosh. The performance of it was incredibly stunning. So amazing. It's such a good song. Yeah, that's all. I just, I feel like, I don't think she won. She should have won. It was beautiful. I loved it. That's awesome. I need to go back and watch that one. I For everyone who's listening, I missed the first half. So. Oh, yeah. No, you're good. <laughs> there was like a kind of like a round table moment or like a carousel performance moment of highlighting the women from country who were nominated this year. Oh, cool. Um, which was really cool. And um, so, yeah, it kind of went like four women, I think, or three or four women back to back who performed 
um, songs, especially because like women in country music just have a history of not being recognized. Yeah. Um, and this year, bad. all of the country album of the year, they were all women, which was amazing wow. and kind of unheard of. So yeah, yeah she was in that crazy. lineup, and I especially thought her, like the performance is beautiful. A black female country artist. Yeah, and that's something that we, they kind of talked about. Is it's like. I don't know how well she did on country radio on the country charts, which is like, hmm, you know, mm-hmm. but it's an amazing song and she, she really killed it with that performance. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm going to have to go back and watch that one. I loved it. I loved it. Well, we can list off the other winners really quick. Um, oh yeah. Best pop solo, Waterman, Watermelon Sugar by Harry Styles. Mm-hmm. Best pop duo or group, Rain On Me by Lady Gaga and Ariana Grande. Which, which I, I think is very fitting. Yeah, yes. That was a very good duo. Um, mm-hmm. Best pop vocal album, Future Nostalgia by Dua Lipa. I like that win. Mm-hmm. Best alternative album, Fetch the Bolt Cutters by Fiona Apple. Best R&B performance, Black Parade by Beyonce. Oh, which in her speech, you had a quote. Do you want to? Oh, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. The, her quote from that speech is she said, I wanted to uplift, encourage, and celebrate all the beautiful black kings and queens who have inspired me and the whole world. So mm-hmm. thought that was, oh, yeah, that it was, was a beautiful awesome. speech. And then best rap song, Savage by Megan Thee Stallion and Beyonce. Mm-hmm. Best country song, Crowded Table by The High Woman and Best. Yeah, real quick. Um, So yeah, you're good. If you don't know, The High Women is kind of a country super group that Maren Morris, Brandi Carlisle, Oh my gosh, who else? And two other women who I cannot remember right now who are very good country songwriters. They kind of created this like four woman group to kind of like as almost like a rebellion against the women being left out of country music. So it's really cool because they all have their own individual careers, but yet they come together for the super group. I love the song Crowded Table. It's amazing. So I actually wasn't very upset by that one winning. And I love Brandi Carlisle too. So. Yeah, it looks like it's Brandy Carlisle, Natalie Hemby, Maren Morris, and Amanda Shires. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Natalie Hemby and the other two, they're amazing songwriters. So That's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. they call them a country music super group. Yes, and Love they it. are very good. <laughs> uh, and then lastly, just Best Country Album by Miranda Lambert um, by Wild Card. Wild what? Card by Miranda Lambert. <laughs> Oh, okay. I was Oops, like, wait, what? <laughs> and then like oh, I mentioned good. in that country music <laughs> category, it was all women. It was all women. Which was amazing. Yeah, that's really cool. And then Blue Ivy won her first Grammy. What was oh, that one yeah. for? Because for music video. So Beyonce oh. won it for music video last night. I forgot. And Blue Ivy was a big part of that music video. So Blue Ivy is now one of the youngest people, maybe the youngest people to ever win a Grammy, Beyonce's daughter. Ooh, let's check. So that's awesome. Okay. The youngest nominee and winner is actually Lay Paisal because she was eight. But <laughs> how old is Blue Ivy? <laughs> oh, she's nine. Oh, she just nine. missed it. Yeah. Just barely missed it. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah. It is cool. Oh, so she's second youngest. So there you go. That's if so- she would have been eight. I mean, being nine years yeah. old with a Grammy to your name, like, that's not half bad. Can you imagine? Like, man. <laughs> I'm very excited to see what she does with her life. Blue Ivy. Yeah. No, it'll be really cool. They're such a powerful family. They truly the most powerful <laughs> yeah. family. That was the Grammys. I don't know. Is there anything else we need to talk about? I don't think so. I love the Grammys, so I'm always down to talk about the Grammys. Yeah. I enjoyed the show. No, it was enjoyable. I I definitely want to watch next year. I hope they kind of keep this same energy a little, even if it's um, uh, Post-COVID. not. Yeah. And I hope they don't take like their record-breaking low streaming numbers as criticism of the show itself. Because mm-hmm. um, I actually really enjoyed it. I thought they did a really good job. I I hope that they kind of keep some of those elements um, still there. I would love it if the only performers were nominees next year. <laughs> yeah, for real. Well, yeah, I hope you guys are okay with our little brief pop culture moment. But hey, we had a little bit of history in there. Yes, we did. We had both. We had and both. I, yeah, like we said, it's a very important part of the music community. So it was kind of fun to touch on it. And yeah, I don't know if there's anyone out there who knows a lot about the Oscars or Tonys or... I keep forgetting the other one. The Emmys. 
the Emmys and they um, want us to do an episode on that when those happen. I'm not opposed to it. I just don't know anything about them. Yeah, so. <laughs> come be on the podcast with us. You can talk yes. to everyone about it. If there's anyone who would love to discuss that and want wants to, like that would be awesome. And I'm not opposed to it at all. I'm sure mm-hmm. you're not either, Sadie. No. But yeah, it's just not our area of expertise. So we'd love some help. Yeah, come on and teach us. And we'd love that. Well, I hope everyone's enjoying this beautiful month of March. It's finally warming up where we live, which is really nice. So that's great. And yeah, have a wonderful week. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. Um, Yeah, we just love this little community that we're creating and love spreading the good message of forgotten women artists. Definitely, especially on such an important month. And as things continue to change in the world, it's just really nice to be a small little part of it. So, um, yeah, just a reminder, um, we have our Instagram and TikTok that you can follow. Our Instagram's just more than amused.podcast. I think that TikTok's the same, right? Yeah, it's just more than amused podcast. Cool. And then we also have our Patreon that's linked in every episode that you can check out. Mm-hmm. And our book list, which we yeah. haven't talked about in a little bit, but we have a giant book list of all these books from different episodes. And there's pretty much a book for everyone we've talked about i think except for nora holt which is a huge problem but other than that um if you want to buy a book about someone we've featured or um just want to learn a little bit more then that's linked in every episode as well so yeah go check it out yeah. mm-hmm. cool and have a wonderful rest of your week yep and we'll be back with you again next week bye, bye. <laughs>